they were going to be debunking uh, Eternal Call, which is a channel in which a person shares why he left the Catholic Church. He gives his reasons in a video, and so in this video, we're going to be answering those reasons and showing why he didn't understand his Catholic faith and why the reasons he left don't really hold up. And to be fair, this man really seems sincere. I mean, he really is seeking Jesus, and he really wants the truth, and we appreciate that here. Anyone who's seeking the truth, we appreciate that. But unfortunately, he only found the grain of truth. He found some of the truth, but he left the fullness of truth. And we pray that he comes back to the true church of Jesus Christ, the Catholic Church, which Jesus himself started. All right, so let's get down to this. Let's see what this gentleman has to say, and then we will give our reply. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Today, I want to speak to you about my experience with the Catholic Church. What made me leave the Catholic Church and why I couldn't go there anymore? I can tell you that at one point, after I got born again in my room, it was harder for me to go to the Catholic Church, yet I still went there. I said to myself, as long as I love Jesus Christ, as long as I don't look left and right, I can still go there. So this segment was a little bit confusing because he didn't give a lot of information, but he said that he got born again in his bedroom. And I was wondering, how do you learn to get born again in your bedroom? I mean, unless you've been reading other sources which teach you how to be born again, because Catholics do not teach that you can get born again in your bedroom. According to the Catholic Church, you get born again through baptism. And according to the Bible, you get born again through baptism. And we have two videos on being a born again through baptism, which you can check out on our channel. But the bottom line is that he could not have learned this from the Catholic Church, which means he must have been reading uh, non-Catholic sources, which were putting this in his head. He certainly didn't get it from the Bible because the Bible doesn't show anyone ever, not even on a single verse or a single page, anybody getting born again in his bedroom or getting born again by himself or getting born again, you know, just on a road somewhere or at a stadium or, oh, I just found Jesus and I got saved and I got born. You don't see that in the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. You will never see anyone getting born again in their bedroom because that did not happen. What it means to be born again is to be baptized. John 3, 5 says you must be born again of water and the spirit, which refers to baptism. And so being born again in his room, I don't know where he got that. He must have been reading other stuff, which many Catholics do. And if you don't know your faith, you're going to be led astray. And many Catholics don't know their faith. They just go to church week in and week out. They don't really understand it. They don't put a lot into it, so they get nothing out of it. And it seems to me from the outside looking in that this is what was going on in this gentleman's life. He didn't really understand or know his faith in a deep level. And so when he started hearing it from other places, he left and it didn't make sense to him anymore. And same thing with Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons and other cults out there. I mean, Catholics are led astray by these because they don't know their own faith. So whoever comes to their door and says something, it seems true, which is why it's so important that we do know our faith. Here's what else he says. Now, what happened to me that with time, I would see things around me, people doing things, and everything around me. I mean, the church itself, the statues, the pictures, the icons, the altar, the dresses of the priests, the veil between the people and the priests, stuff like that. And the more I read the Bible and the more I read the scriptures, I couldn't 
accept these things anymore. They would bother me so much that instead of me going and praying and focusing on the Lord, I couldn't focus anymore because I would waste my time being convicted or even sometimes being angry at the things that I saw. Again, this man's sincere, and he sincerely thought that the things going on in the Catholic Church were incorrect. But where did he get this? He said he saw priests in garments and statues and uh, pictures and uh, altars and different things like that. And he looked around and he just couldn't be Catholic anymore. And it was annoying him and it was aggravating him, which I understand sometimes I get aggravated by certain things which distract me from my prayer. But then sometimes, you know, you go into a Catholic church and it's so beautiful, it actually helps you to enter into prayer, as opposed to most Protestant churches, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, which are basically just white rooms where you can't concentrate on anything just because you're praying in an office space. When in reality, the Catholic churches are so beautiful that they call you up to the heavens. They help you to enter into that prayer with Christ. But here's the thing. These things don't distract from Christ. I mean, they shouldn't be a distraction. I mean, they're all, if you look at a, a picture of on the walls, or if you look at the stained glass windows, or if you look at a statue of Jesus, it's all about Jesus. And it's all calling you back to focus your attention on Jesus. Remember that only very recently could people actually read. For most of the world's history and most of the world's population, they couldn't read. And so the stained glass windows, the pictures, the icons, the statues, they were the gospel of the poor. They told the stories of the Bible. They told the stories of the gospel. They told the stories of the faithful followers of Christ in pictures because people couldn't read it for themselves. And so a mom would go to the church and say, hey, look at this picture. It's a picture of Jesus and he's holding loaves and fish. And this is the story of how Jesus did a miracle. And they'll go on to tell their children the story of Jesus. And so the statues and the pictures were the gospel of the poor. There's not anything to be distracted by. It's not anything to, you know, get upset over. It's all part of the deposit of faith. These things help lead us to Christ, to focus on Christ, and to tell the story of Christ. And altars? What, what What's his problem with altars? Altars are found in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You even see altars in the book of Revelation. So altars are just a place where we worship Christ. You may or may not see, this is a small version, but it's a crucifix, and you may or may not see a big crucifix, a statue, in the church. Now, how does this distract you from praying to Jesus? It is a picture of Jesus. Now, if I wanted to think of my wife, and I looked at a picture of my wife, how would that be distracting me from thinking of my wife? <laughs> and if I want to think about Jesus and pray to Jesus, how would this be a distraction to pray to Jesus? I, I don't understand it. It seems like it would call your mind back to Jesus and recall his love for you. Oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me. He stretched out his arms and shed his body and his blood and had nails go through his hands and his feet and had a crown of thorns. Also, I could live and be set free from sin and death and hell. Thank you, Jesus. These are everlasting reminders of what he did for us. They're not distractions. So I don't, I don't understand. I mean, maybe he could, you know, talk to me sometime and give more detail. I'd be happy to talk to him any time about this stuff, but uh, it just doesn't make sense to me in that. But let's listen to what else he says. There were a lot of rituals that were just for a show, yet there was no real substance. Even when these priests would go and give their sermons, it was always very superficial no real deep message. The Holy Spirit wasn't moving in these churches. 
In this segment, he says that the Catholic Church has a lot of rituals that are just for show, but no substance. The Holy Spirit's not moving, the homilies are boring, therefore the Holy Spirit can't be in the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church isn't true, which is why I left. You just need Christ, you don't need the Church, the Church doesn't have the Spirit, and all of this... It's false. I mean, all of this just isn't true. And we made a whole video, which you have to watch if you have not seen it yet. It's called Protestant versus Catholic Worship. And it shows that the Catholic Church has the true worship. Catholic Church has the true worship. What is the true worship? A Protestant church? Where you just go hear a, a sermon for 45 minutes and maybe pass around a little cup of grape juice? I mean, that's worship. When you go, you know, where you go hear a reading of the church and he tells you about it for 45 minutes to an hour, that's not church. That's not worship. That's not even prayer. That's that's a sermon. You just hear things. I can look that up on YouTube. I don't need to go to church to pray if that's prayer. The reality is the Catholic Church is prayer from the beginning of the Mass to the end of the Mass. I wonder if this young man even like, thought about the Mass. I wonder if he even prayed the words of the Mass. The words of the Mass are prayers, and most of the prayers, most of the words, are taken from the Bible. It's all biblical. So, you're literally praying to Jesus at the beginning of the Mass, middle of the Mass, and the Mass, all through the Mass. And we'll go through that in one second, but the reality is they're not just empty rituals, void of substance. It's filled with substance. It's usually people who just don't understand the Bible or understand the prayer of the Church that really don't understand the Mass either, and that needs to be really, you know, aided. People need to understand why they pray these things. And not to mention that he doesn't have the Eucharist. I mean, Jesus didn't send the Holy Spirit into every single person's lives to guide them individually into all truth. He sent the Holy Spirit to the church to guide it into all truth, to the apostles to guide it into all truth, and their successors, which is through the laying on of hands. Things that Protestants often ignore when they read the Bible. But the reality is Jesus gave us the supreme gift of the Eucharist, himself in the Eucharist, his body, his blood. It's all about Christ. And we go there to worship Christ, to thank Christ. That's what the word Eucharist means, thanksgiving. We go to church to thank him for his body and blood. And yes, I agree, some Catholic churches are boring, and it seems like they have no life. And have no substance, and that's a tragedy, and it's a it's a disgrace because it should be on fire. It should be preaching Christ. We should be praising the Lord in every Catholic church around the world, and the reality is not every church does, but that's not the fault of the church. It's the fault of the person running the church, the priest, or perhaps he has lost his spiritual life or doesn't have the Holy Spirit. That's a possibility, but the Catholic church is run by the Holy Spirit, not each individual priest. Christ is the head of the church, not the priest, but the reality is Christ is the head of the church, and he gave his Holy Spirit, which is why the Bible says that each individual person is the pillar and foundation of truth. Oh, wait. The Bible doesn't say that. It says the church is the pillar and foundation of truth in 1 Timothy 3.15. So we need the church. I am telling you this because I want you to understand that it doesn't matter what ritual you do, whether in the Catholic Church or any other church for that matter. True salvation is in Jesus Christ himself in the revelation of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ provided on his cross. He goes on to talk about 
the, the fact that we need Jesus. You have to have an encounter with Jesus. It's not the church that saves, which we agree. It's Christ who saves, but it's not just Jesus. Basically, he makes the claim that you just need Jesus alone. You don't need any religion. You don't need, need any religious rituals. You just need Jesus. Nothing else. But that is unbiblical. It's not biblical because Jesus didn't say, oh, just you just need me and that's it. No, he gave us the apostles. He gave us the church. He gave us baptism. He gave us the Lord's Supper. He gave us the laying on of hands to pass on authority. He gave us a lot of things that Protestants just ignore for an unbiblical, simple Christianity. I mean, if anybody could find me in the Bible where people have just Jesus and nothing else, can you imagine that? If Paul writes to a church to correct them in their errors, and they say, I don't need to listen to you, Paul. I have Jesus. Jesus alone is my Savior. Away with you and your church and your rituals and your letters. I have Jesus and that's all I need. Heresy. I mean, can you imagine? Paul would kick that person out of the church so quickly because that is not biblical. It's not of Christ. Could you imagine if St. Peter or St. James was correcting someone like Ananias in chapter 5, where they were supposed to give money to the church? They were supposed to tithe and give money. And Ananias held a lot of the money back. And Peter said, what did you do with it? And he lied to Peter. Now imagine if he said, Peter, you have nothing to do with me. What I do is between me and Christ. I worship the risen Christ and he alone is my savior and I don't have to answer to you. It's just about me and Jesus, not you, not the other apostles, nobody else. And I mean, the Bible says in Acts chapter five that Peter struck him dead through the Holy Spirit because he lied to the Holy Spirit because it's not just me and Jesus. This is, and I'm passionate about this because so many Protestants are lied to. They just don't know. Yes, they have a kernel of truth. There is some truth in there that we do need Christ, but it's not Christ only without anything else because Christ himself gave us so much more. And if we try to have Christ without the church and all that he gave us, it's not the real Jesus Christ anymore. It's your own version of Jesus Christ. And he says it's all about worshiping Jesus, which we agree with, but he says that it's not found in the mass or rituals or anything else, but it is. This is why I say this man did not understand the mass because the mass from beginning to end is all about Jesus. The beginning of the mass starts with the sign of the cross, which is a recognition of our belief in the Trinity. And then the first thing we do is confess our sins to Jesus. So we're realizing that we're sinners before Jesus, that we can't get to heaven on our own, and we recognize that we need him and we confess our sins to him. That's the very first thing we do. The next thing we do at Mass is sing the Gloria or say the Gloria, which is glory to God in the highest and peace to people of goodwill. We praise you. We adore you. We glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. So we go on and on and on. It's a prayer of praise to God. So how can he say that the Mass is anything but prayer to Jesus? And then we have to worship Jesus, but you won't find that in the Mass when in fact the Mass from beginning to end is worship of Jesus and praise of Jesus. And in fact, right after we sing the Gloria, we do the readings, which are the Bible, for the record, and the Word of God, which is focused on God and Jesus. And that is a good part of the Mass. And then there's a very short homily. And even if it's boring, who cares? I mean, it should not be. Priests should be preaching it and connecting with us and feeding us through the homily. But even if it's boring, the rest of the Mass should be feeding you if you even have the slightest understanding of it, because you are literally praying the Bible. Almost every sentence from the Mass is taken from the Bible. And there's a book called The Catholic Church and the Bible by Peter Stravinskis, I think. 
It's on my shelf somewhere. And that actually goes through every single part of the Mass. And even Scott Hahn has a book called The Lamb's Supper, which is a mind-blowing exposition of how the Mass is a celebration, the greatest celebration and worship of God ever made, taken from the Bible. So the Mass is the farthest thing from not worshiping Jesus. It's all worshiping Jesus, even to the end where we receive Him. I mean, Protestants say they receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Well, we do too, but we receive Him even more so in the Eucharist. If we think that we are Christian because we belong to this church or another, then we are in danger of ending up in eternal damnation because it's only through one person that we are saved and that is through the Son of God and through the sacrifice that He provided for us on the cross. You want to be saved, brothers and sisters. Don't focus on church and denominations. Don't think that going to church on Sunday or confessing to a priest or praying to Mary, or bowing down to statues, or talking to the priest, will save you. These things are useless. The only thing that can save any of us is a true repentance because of true godly sorrow over our sins, and coming to the only way that can save us, to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, where he paid the penalty for our sins with his own precious blood. Jesus Christ is the only one who saves, not the Catholic Church. In this clip, he says that if we say that we belong to this church or another, we are in danger of going to hell. But the opposite is, in fact, true. If we are not part of the church that Jesus started, then we will go to hell or we are in danger of going to hell because the church is his body. And can you imagine if you leave the body? How can you have the head, Christ, if you don't have the body, the church? And here's the thing. Imagine, again, go back to the book of Acts. Go back to the Bible itself. Look in the book of Acts, where it is the first 100 years of the church. Can you imagine someone telling Peter or Paul or James or John, I don't need the church. I don't need to be baptized. I don't need the Lord's Supper. I don't need to meet on Sunday with you guys. It's just about me. I mean, stop with your religious affiliations and your meetings. It's not about that. It's about the living Lord Jesus, and you guys are adding too much. And James 5.16, which talks about the anointing of the sick and calling the elders. Oh, we don't need elders. We don't need bishops. The, the Bible talks about deacons. We don't need any of that because all we need is Jesus. And if you guys follow all that, you're in danger of going to hell. That's basically what this man is saying, or at least what it appears to me that he's saying. But the reality is, Jesus started a church, a teaching and preaching authoritative church built on the apostles and their authority that Christ gave them. And they went around and they taught and they preached and they corrected and they reproved and they even made doctrines. Why? Because Jesus started a church and not just a fluffy me and Jesus relationship based on my opinions, how I read the Bible, what I think, and it contradicts what everyone else around me thinks because they're doing the same thing and reading the Bible in a different way that I am and it leads to confusion that's not from Christ. Can you imagine if in the early church someone said, oh, I don't need the apostles? Huh? Can you imagine what would happen if they said that they didn't need the apostles or they didn't, the apostles don't have authority over them? No, we need the church that Christ established. And Jesus said in the gospel of Luke that he who listens to you, the church, the apostles, listens to me. And he who rejects you rejects me and the one who sent me. 
not about rituals. It's not about repeating prayers. It's not about religious motions. What it takes, dear brothers and sisters, is a real connection with Jesus Christ and Him guiding us every day. There is nothing like that that you will learn in the Catholic Church. He goes on to say that we don't need religious motions or rituals or repeating prayers or anything like that. We just need Jesus. But again, Jesus gave us these things. We do need the rituals Christ gave us. It's not the rituals that save, it's Christ who saves us through them. I mean, that's why in Acts 2.38, Jesus said, Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. This promise is for you and your children. This is what Protestants would consider a ritual. But it's a ritual that Christ gave us, that the apostles practiced, that Christianity practiced for 2,000 years. And he's saying, we don't need that. Or he might just be dumbing it down, watering it down to, oh, it's just a symbol. It doesn't mean anything. That's false. It's always been false. And it's a new man-made tradition of man because all Christians down through the ages, even the earliest Christians, unanimously believed that baptism means being born again. And you can check out our video on being born again if you're interested in that. We have a lot of information on that. And again, this says nothing of the Lord's Supper, which was a weekly meeting. They, they were meeting at, for prayers and for the Lord's Supper and receiving the Eucharist. And so these are, it's not just me and Jesus. These are things that Christ gave us and gave the church. And there's so much more too. We, if we get rid of this for just simple Christianity, then you don't have true Christianity anymore. But at the same time, if we are truly connected to Jesus Christ, it would be very hard for us to stay in these religious activities that are focused on anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is alive and we need to live in and through him. Can you, I, I, he said if you follow Jesus Christ, it's going to be difficult to stay in these religious activities which focus on anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. But I go back to my earlier comments where the whole Mass is focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. The prayers of forgiveness, asking forgiveness for your sins, the Gloria and praising God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the readings, which are all focused on God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and the Bible, and the homily, which is supposed to be as well. And then after that, we have the prayers, which are all about Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, you are holy and you have given us this. Or the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right to give the Lord thanks and praise. Oh, now this says it is right and just to give him thanks and praise. That was the old language, which is ironically sometimes still in our heads. But the whole mass is focused on him. And it talks about God being almighty. And the whole prayer from beginning to end of the Mass, is focused on God. So how in the world could he say that you can't follow Jesus and stay in these religious institutions? The opposite is true. In fact, it's all focused on Christ. That's the whole thing. And in fact, that's what the Eucharist is. We focus on him, his body, his blood, his salvation, his redemption, and we ask for that forgiveness for our sins so that we can go to heaven with him. If that's not focused on Christ, I don't know what is. See, when you get outside the true church of Jesus Christ, which is the Catholic Church, and many other churches as well, when you get into Protestantism, 
many, many, well, probably all Protestant religions become subjective, very subjective. It's all about me, what I think, how I interpret things, how I feel. It's an emotional experience, and it differs from everyone else's because they contradict me, and I contradict them based on how we read the Bible, but it doesn't matter about them. Do you know how many Protestants I know who left the Catholic Church to become Protestant because they finally feel fed, and they finally feel alive, and they found a church with the Spirit that moves, and Oh, at least for six months till they got sick of it and the spirit wasn't moving there anymore and it wasn't really alive. And so they need to go to another church and then another church. I know so many people have hopped so many churches because it's all subjective. It's all about them and how they feel and what they think and how they read the Bible. It's not about you. It is not about you. It's not. I'm not upset. I'm just passionate because it's not about you. You don't make up the rules. Jesus already gave them to us. You don't make up the truth. Jesus already gave them to us. It's not up to you to read the Bible and figure it out for yourself. It's already been given by Christ 2,000 years ago to the apostles and their successors and their successors and passed down through the generations, protected by the church and given to us today. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to reinvent the wheel and make it up ourselves. All we need to do is accept the true church of Jesus Christ. And I pray that this man who is sincere comes home and has his eyes opened and realizes the true church of Jesus Christ and everything that he might not have seen the first time. I thought about leaving the Catholic Church too. I was almost deceived by other religions too, but I studied my own religion deeply first and found out that it was the true church of Jesus Christ. It is biblical, and it's the only church that goes back 2,000 years. It's the church that put the Bible together, and it's the church that has protected Christ and his divinity and his truth for 2,000 years.